So hi there, welcome to another episode of Tip Top Tips Edu with myself, Mark Anderson, ITT Evangelist at NetSupport. Today, I'm really excited to welcome somebody that I've been connecting with on social media and, and learning from and, and, and networking and sharing ideas with for a very long time, uh, but uh, never actually got to have a proper conversation with him. So I'm really excited to uh, uh, welcome to uh, the Tip Top Tips Edu show today. Uh, no, none other than Mr. Peter G. Horner. And I say that because it's a, there's, a, there's this world, isn't there, Peter, where you know people by their Twitter handles uh, rather than just their, their, their actual names. And obviously, your Twitter handle is your name. Uh, but um, with, with a G there, and we've learned what, what your middle name is as well, haven't we now? <laughs> so, um, really excited to welcome you to the show, Peter. Um, you're you're uh, someone who is is a real advocate for use of Google tools. Uh, I regularly see you sharing hints and tips around use of Chromebooks and uh, and, uh, um, and Chrome extensions and uh, ways in which you can best support users uh, uh, with their use of Google technologies. But for those who don't know you, could you just uh, spend a moment sort of talking about who you are, what you do, your job and, and your experience and those sort of things? Is that okay? Yeah, of course, Mark. Yeah, and good to talk to you finally face to face as well. Yeah, so I, I'm Peter Horner. I am an IT manager and digital learning lead at Barton Pebble Six One College. Uh, so we're quite a large college, about four and a half thousand students, uh, located in Hampshire, so south of England. And yeah, I, I've worked in IT for about twenty years. Uh, previously, I was very quite Microsofty, uh, and also. Uh, into into did a lot of development work, but uh, over the last, I say six or seven years, I kind of become interested in uh, Google Workspace in Chromebooks, and um, went down the route of doing the Google Certified Trainer, and more recently Innovator. Um, I've done some other things outside of that as well. I've also uh, done a master's degree uh, looking at mobile learning, so how we're using mobile technology to support learning in the classroom, and that, and that really opened up my eyes. Uh, uh, a lot more and kind of encouraged me to really collaborate more with teachers and how we're actually using technology to to kind of benefit our, our students. Great stuff. Thanks for sharing that, Peter. And uh, I, I guess the master's then sort of like gave you a few pointers and a few ideas about how to then, let's say, work with, with colleagues and, and, and move things forward in, in, within the college. Um, I see you sharing some brilliant things uh, at the college uh, and, and as a college that uses uh, uses Chromebooks. Have you got any tips? Because um, we are uh, on the Tip Top Tip show. Uh, think about Chromebooks and your experience of working with colleagues. Have you got any sort of hints and tips for those sort of people that are getting started with Chromebooks? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we started um, with Chromebooks back in 2014. And so my first tip really is start small we we only started with 12 chromebooks just to get a feel for how they work um we started ironically i always think this is quite ironic in our history department um you wouldn't normally think humanities history would be at the, the leading edge of technology but they were, were first become really interested in in google and were keen to try chromebooks and the first kind of thing we explored with them is using them for collaboration so you know those collaborative google docs where you can have a, a team of students, a group of students working together on a single document. And yeah, that kind of blew people away at the time. Uh, it's something we, we tried much earlier, many years ago. I don't know if you remember when um, 
Windows XP tablet edition and OneNote. We tried some, something similar uh, with that back in the early 2000s, but it, it didn't work very well. So that was kind of the first time we'd tried it again since. And it kind of blew us away how simple uh, it was to, to do that. So yeah, definitely start small. And yeah, the thing, the thing I've, like I said, I think, I, I think the strongest about Chromebooks is the collaboration uh, around Google Docs slides and, and now I've got Jamboard as well, all really good for kind of student group work. Yeah, no, collaboration is fantastic. And one of the things which led me to wanting to try and use Google more in the classroom myself, the ability to have, you know, students working, doing peer assessment, feedback. Uh, there are so many positive uses for the collaborative features within Google Workspace and uh, um, uh, Google for Education, as it used to be called. Um, but speaking about things like, you know, Docs and Jamboard and what have you, have you got any tips around collaborative activities uh, for, for, for using these sorts of tools? Yeah, also, so, um, uh, so for instance, just brainstorming tasks, or have you heard of Crazy Eights? That's a, that's a, a great one for, you know, um, coming up with lots of different ideas, 30 seconds per idea to quickly sketch out on the screen or, or type it onto a post note on Jamboard or, um, or on slides. And yeah, that's a fun activity. I've done activities with our, our digital, um, we call them our DigiGurus, our, our students who are like our digital leaders, um, where we've done like an app design uh, task where we wireframe an app uh, to solve a problem at college uh, using Jamboard. So mm. you can have like a, a phone kind of um, piece of clip art there and yeah, students can sketch out for app ideas really quickly before kind of, yeah, trying to make something a bit later and do that collaboratively, which, which, uh, yeah, has been a been an amazing tool, especially last year during lockdown. No, absolutely. Listen, Peter, I'm just thinking out loud here, really, but I think many people are aware of things like docs, slides, and sheets as being the sort of the Word, Excel, and PowerPoint equivalents. Not, it's always surprising to me that people haven't often heard of Jamboard. Uh, now, I'm, I'm a huge fan, and, and, the, and the uses are, are massive. It's so easy to work and, and, and cross, uh, cross device. It doesn't have to be on, on a Chromebook even. But um, for those that don't know what Jamboard is, could you share a little bit about what Jamboard is for us? Absolutely, yeah. So Jamboard is Google's interactive whiteboard app, to put it simply. It's something I tried introducing uh, when it first came out, but not very many people were interested and didn't really see um, what the benefit was. It really took off for us um, when we locked down because, of course, teachers needed to be able to um, write on screen and still wanted to be able to do uh, collaborative activities with students uh, involving you know, brainstorming with post-it notes or, or just for a teacher to be able to put in uh, a slide and put that on a, on a Jamboard and annotate it. So it opened up lots of uses, which traditionally would be done on a on an interactive whiteboard or a digital screen at the front of a classroom. But this enabled teachers to do it on on their Chromebook uh, from home, any location. And it's I'm pleased to say it's still being uh, used a lot. Students using it using it a lot as, as well now. Um, and yeah, it's really taken off. No, brilliant. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of it myself, too. You, you mentioned using it as, uh, for activities um, 
uh, and, and uh, sort of teaching and learning activities during lockdown. And, and it's lovely to hear that it's still being used now. <clears throat> and another uh, activity that lots of um, educators uh, had to uh, in, 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 uh, engage with and, and, and learn about was was being able to record your screen for those sorts of uh, uh, not only for lessons that are live, for, but for sharing for asynchronous access uh, uh, sort of later on and, and all these sort of things. And there are lots of tools that you can record your screen with. Um, how do you go about sort of sharing with your colleagues about how to record their screens? And can you recommend any tools that would be useful for that sort of activity? Yeah, absolutely. So as a, again, it's something which wasn't very common before lockdown, was it? Um, screen recording, yeah. but has, has taken off usually. Uh, so our our favourite tool at my college is Screencastify. Uh, it was there's a free version, firstly, so you can do a, a recording up to five minutes, but it's relatively inexpensive um, for organisations to purchase. And the reason I like it most out of um, the other screen recording tools, so things like Loom and as, as others out there as well, um, is it saves all your recordings onto Google Drive. Uh, so it keeps things nicely organized for us. And from there, we can share that recording out on Google Classroom or, or we can upload it to YouTube. So sharing from there uh, is really easy. It's a Chrome extension. So it's available on our Chromebooks. It's available on our Windows PCs and Apple Macs. Um, everywhere we're using Chrome. And it's, it's super easy to use. A teacher just needs to hit record and then they can either record a lesson or we've got teachers using it to provide um, video feedback, uh, really useful in the arts subjects, uh, for instance. Uh, that's been very popular. And even we've got support staff using it as well and senior leaders if we're creating um, you know, training or, or want to share something uh, asynchronously, it's, it's a great option. Um, other ways of doing this, so you, you could use Google Meet, for instance. So you could use Google Meet to uh, record if you've got a um, if you've got a, a Google Workspace uh, Plus license, um, which has got to be paid for, unfortunately. But the other really useful tool now on Chromebooks, uh, which has um, got released, I think it was the end of last year. Um, Chromebooks now have a built-in screen recording to, tool and screen capture tool. So Chromebooks now for free will let you do uh, a recording. Um, you can record your full screen or partial. Um, part of your screen, you can add a voiceover, and it records it directly to your to your Chromebook, and that's um, yeah, fully available for free with no restrictions. Does lack a few of your advanced features, but if you just want to do a straight up screen recording really quickly, then yeah, definitely check out the uh, the built-in screen recorder. Great stuff, thank you, Peter. You mentioned advanced features there. What sort of advanced features does Screencastify have over the sort of built-in Chrome screen recording tool then? Yeah, so so Screencastify will let you edit your video in the web browser. Mm -hmm. um, of course, there's other products we do like WeVideo, which we mentioned earlier briefly. And um, yeah, so Screencastify lets you edit the video. Uh, it's also got some new features recently added, which allow you to add questions to pop up during uh, playback of a video for students to to check their understanding as they're watching that video, and mm -hmm. it gives you a a live view on a web page. You can actually see which students have, have watched your video, um, how they've answered those questions, and yeah, see if you need to give any give any help then to, to your class. That's areas. pretty interesting. That makes it a far more rounded product than just a screen recording, doesn't it? And, and clearly, you know, uh, and developing and building it for education too, I would, I would assume from the features they're building there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it integrates really nicely with Google Classroom, um, which we use to to dish out all our assignments here. So yeah, it's it's good to see well, any ed tech company really, not just um, staying stagnant, but you know, continually adding new features to to kind of stay up to date and yeah, enhance our use of technology. Great stuff. Thank you for sharing that, Peter. I'm sure that uh, your tips there will be really useful to our viewers. Thank you very much. Something that's really pas- I'm really passionate about and I think is really, really important is the area around accessibility. We mentioned before uh, about capitalization, for example, on your on your Twitter handle as a means of uh, being more a- easily uh, supported with screen readers for those who, who, who use them uh, when, when we capitalize our words like that. Um, but um, Accessibility is, a, is, is something I'm, I'm, I'm hugely passionate about. Um, but I, I, I must admit, whilst I'm really well versed on, on um, accessibility features uh, inside an iPad or iOS and, and iPad OS and, and uh, to a, 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 a certain extent, but to a slightly lesser extent on, on Windows, but I'm, I'm not as well uh, versed on the accessibility features on a Chromebook. Could you share some of the features and the tools that are available to uh, um, sort of make, make access to technology more accessible using a Chromebook? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, firstly, um, our, our Chromebooks kind of form the basis of our support for learning support students. So they they get a, their own college Chromebook, um, and the big reason for that was the accessibility tools built into Chromebooks. So you've got, of course, things like a screen reader where it will read back a, a document or web page or or PDF. Um, Google Docs has a really good dictation tool. Uh, which allows you to just talk and Google Docs will write everything down. And of course, Google use all their AI and machine learning in the background to, to make sure mm. that um, is really accurate. Uh, one new feature added to Chromebooks, I think it was earlier this year, um, which is really interesting. So you may have seen in Google Meets or on YouTube, um, Google have the ability to add uh, live captions. So mm. dynamically created captions. Um, this is now actually built into Chromebooks as well, so you can turn it on under accessibility settings, and it will add captions onto any uh, media for you. So any uh, other video hosted on any other uh, video website, and it will yeah dynamically add it for you. So I think that's a that's a really interesting feature to add. Um, but also just you know some of the more basic features, um, things which. I encourage our teachers to use uh, during um, online learning, uh, particularly mm. when presenting their screen, is to you know, make your mouse pointer bigger, make it a, a brighter color so it's easier to see, or um, you know just pinch and zoom in your screen and you know, in larger areas, just so it's really easy to, easy to see for students on their devices um, because we don't know what kind of device uh, a student might be on. It could be they could just be on a phone, for instance, or yeah, um, yeah, exactly. or, or obviously could be partially sighted, and yeah, that's that's definitely uh, uh, gone down well. Uh, yeah, adding that on. And, and there's, a, there's a great tip held in there as well, actually. One thing which I love about uh, Chromebooks is that many of them now are actually touchscreen enabled, aren't they? So you can easily just tap on the screen and pinch and zoom and, uh, and, and do all these things, which isn't something which comes as readily as standard. Sure, you can do it on a few Windows laptops, but uh, it seems to be the case that um, you know, the majority of Chromebooks nowadays tend to be that sort of touchscreen where you can actually engage with it. A lot of them are flippable. And, and the price point's so compelling as well, isn't it, when you compare it to other things? Uh, if you compare like a Chromebook to say a MacBook, uh, the, the, the costs are you know, quite considerably different, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've 
always, almost always bought touchscreen um, Chromebooks. Only slightly more expensive, but I think it opens up um, so many uh, more uses uh, for using Chromebooks for students. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll, I've got a six-year-old daughter, and you know, at that age, they don't know how to use a mouse, but they do know how to use a touchscreen on an iPad or a Chromebook, and it just makes it a lot more intuitive, especially for mm. But learners who have not you know, really grown up with a, you know, a traditional desktop computer in the house, which everyone uh, uses, you know, it's, we've moved on from that now, haven't we? And I think just having a touchscreen, yeah, makes it a lot more interactive and intuitive and, yeah, a lot simpler to use. I mean, I, if I go to a non-touchscreen device now, I still find myself reaching for the screen and have to stop myself, oh, no, back to the touchpad. It's, yeah, it's just a lot, a lot more intuitive. No, I, I completely agree. I, mean, I, I had the same experience with my my children. They're a bit older now, at ten and twelve. But uh, way back when, you know, they were so used to using you know things like the iPad and, and uh, what have you. When they then came to sit down at the uh, uh, you know, a laptop, I put, I put on some I don't know some Teletubbies or you know Peppa Pig or whatever, you know, and, and they would want to reach to the screen and interact and engage with the screen, and, and they were always surprised when it wouldn't work. You know, sometimes they get really frustrated and you know cry and like like, like very young children can do, you know. Uh, but but it is, it's it's what it, it's, it's what expected really for for, uh, for for young people as they're going through, and, and again they don't have that fine motor control, uh, and again that links into nice sort of accessibility parts of it, didn't it? To have that ability to engage, yeah, absolutely, yeah screen as well yeah I mean, the other day I mean, my daughter is using google earth for instance which just yeah. really lends itself to a touchscreen device um yeah absolutely i'll say teaching with chromebooks is is something that i wanted to um sort of jump into have you got any tips for um our viewers and listeners on on how you can make good use of a chromebook as a teacher yeah so uh interestingly so all of our teachers here have a, a staff uh, Chromebook uh, they're given um, from the college. Um, if, if you're a, a teacher, I recommend going for a slightly more, a slightly higher end model um, than the, the student Chromebooks. Just if you're you're going to be running, you know, doing screencasts and running lots of meets and and this slightly more intense use, um, definitely worth going for a slightly higher end device. Um, and particularly, um, many Chromebooks now allow you to use a stylus, which I think. Uh, adds a lot as a teacher. You know, a stylus works well with with Jamboard and um, the other uh, kind of drawing apps on the Chromebook. So apps like Chrome Canvas is the built-in drawing tool on the Chromebook. Um, Google just released a new one called Cursive, which is a, a handwriting um, mm -hmm. note-taking app on the Chromebook. Um, and having a stylus uh, is is really uh, very useful. And Chromebooks have some some really cool stylus tools. So things like having a like a, a laser pointer. Uh, or a screen magnifier, and you can just use a stylus and point to where you want on the screen, and it, it just draws your class's attention uh, to that. So that's been very popular, um, having that. And I think really the best thing is just all the extensions available to teachers on Chrome now. So Screencast, what we've already mentioned, um, a very good accessibility one uh, is, is Read and Write. Uh, but one particularly for teachers we've used a lot this year is Moat um, for providing audio feedback uh, in docs, sheets and slides. Um, so yeah, there's a whole world of extensions uh, out there um, and a good place to go to uh, if, if you're a teacher looking at you know, extending your own use of Chromebooks or looking for ideas of how to use Chromebooks uh, with uh, your classes is um, the Chrome App Hub. 
which is uh, a site created by Google where they share um, lots of great uh, ideas around using Chromebooks in the classroom uh, and recommend yeah lots of lots of interesting tools there. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I, I initially got a little bit of resistance from a few teachers when we switched to to going full Chrome. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty say now everyone's really embraced that. I like how fast it is now to start off a lesson and having something a lot more portable and mm. just something you know from also from my point of view really um i have to worry less about things like updates and security because chromebooks kind of take all, care of all that for me and it's kind of freed up a lot of my time to kind of use it more usefully kind of working with teachers and how, how we actually use these devices to 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 benefit learning yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And teachers need tools that you know just work, don't they? One of the things when I, I mean, it was, it was pre-Chromebook, but one of the things that compelled us to think carefully about what we were using in my school uh, was the ability to have things which just, just, just worked instant on. You know, that ability to not have to worry about having to do loads of updates all the time and, and, and the thing just working and, and long battery life. You know, there, there are lots of reasons why uh, Chromebook are a really compelling offer for education. And, 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 um, not which is things like the, the the plethora of huge you know there's so many extensions you can bring in and often you know at, at no cost as well you mentioned a, a real favorite of mine there moat um and uh there, there are so many uses available through through using moat it can be linked to accessibility if you've got the pro version you've got the transcription there you can uh you can um, sort, of, sort of speak maths equations and it can convert that into the into the maths in there as well um, it, was, it was a great session. I was involved with um, the Future of EdTech conference last week, um, and Lainey Kritzis, an Australian educator, I'm sure you, you'll, uh, you'll you'll know, uh, was sharing some of the ways in which she's using moats in in a completely different setting to in, in which you work. Uh, so she works in primary education, and she was talking about how um, she can use it on slides for um, sort of. Um, uh, um, uh, creating sort of mood uh, um, uh, conversations in the classroom or calming the class and uh, leaving things for a voice on, on, on the actual slides. But again, um, like many things with Chrome, uh, with Chromebooks, if it works in Chrome, it doesn't have to be limited to the Chromebook as well. So, you know, you, you could be using it in, in uh, on your Chromebook at work, but you log in on, on your Chrome instance on your computer at home and you can still access all those tools and you can be so portable in so many different ways, can't you? I think that's a, yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point, actually, because going kind of full Chrome, and I've done it as well, and my team have done it, and it's it's forced us to review kind of all of our old workflows and update them to be more cloud-friendly, which, mm. as you say, makes them more portable, so um, we can access whatever we need to on any device and any location. So if I've not found this Chromebook, just because I've... And it adapted the way I'm working. Um, it means, yeah, I've just got more ready access to to everything I need to do my my job really, um, which yeah has really paid off during the various lockdowns. But now we're continuing to pay off, you know, through we've gone through blended learning, and now we're still continuing to you know have a little bit of online learning for for some activities. And um, I've kind of I've also seen it enhance how teachers are creating resources for flipped learning as well. And that's mm. really kind of yeah, benefited things. 
I wanted to um, not, not 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 to catch you out, but uh, certainly uh, an unplanned question, Peter. Um, but I do see you sharing lots of time saving tips and, and things like this on on social media. Uh, one of the things I love um, is is a good old fashioned keyboard shortcut, and um, they, they can sort of improve and, and uh, increase your productivity and efficiency in so many different ways. And I, I know there are lots of uh, um, keyboard shortcuts you can you can use. Uh, on a Chromebook, um, but I wondered just to wrap things up at here. Uh, maybe you could just sort of share your what is your favourite um, keyboard shortcut that's available to you on a Chromebook, and perhaps one. I mean, lots of people will know things like you know Control and C, Control and V for copy and paste, and and those sorts of things. But because um, uh, they they may have come over to Chrome from a Windows environment, and so it's, it, it makes sense that those sort of similar ones would work. And of course they do. But do you have a sort of top tip? The, the keyboard shortcut that you think every Chromebook user should actually know? That, so I'll, I'll give you two actually. So my favorite one uh, to tell people is Control Shift T, which will restore all of your tabs. So if you've accidentally closed a window or if you've restarted your Chromebook or your browser, press Control Shift T and it will bring back magically all of your tabs, um, which is a, a huge time saver. Um, Another one, which uh, for, for Chromebook users, so you've got a row of keys along the top of your keyboard, you know, wherever normal function keys are. And there's one which is a, a square with two lines against it. Um, lots of people overlook that key. It's incredibly useful. So if you press that, that will show you all of your windows you've got open. But more importantly, it lets you create virtual desktops. So then you can have um, multiple desktops with different windows open on each each one and it's a really good way of just organizing your your applications or windows you've got open around particular tasks if you wanted to um yeah it's just a, a really good way of just getting a complete overview of everything you've got open and kind of keeping your desk your virtual desk area organized uh, those, are, those are two great tips. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll jump back to um, the, the, the magic that is Control-Shift-T in just a moment, but um, the ability to sort of, again, organize your workflow, have things in separate places and spaces. I'm a huge fan of having different desktops for different activities and, and different tools you've got and, and, and grouping them together for different things. It's so, so useful. But Control-Shift-T is just an absolute favorite of mine too, Peter. Thanks for sharing that one. Um, I, I've used it in class, but I've got a naughty student. You, you know, like your teacher radar sort of picks up something <laughs> that's not really doing quite what they should yeah. be doing. And if you haven't got a classroom management tool where you can see all your students' screens, you walk over. By the time you've walked over to see the students of course they've closed it down haven't they and they're sitting there thinking i know i'm i've got away with this and you just can i uh, can i use your keyboard a second please and you just do the control shift t and it comes back and you catch them having watched you know in the middle of watching something on youtube or uh, playing a game somewhere they shouldn't be that sort of thing it's just like it's like a magic moment isn't it yeah. it's an absolute favorite but it's in, in equal measure it's such a lifesaver when for some reason you close down the wrong tab by mistake you think you might have lost a load of work absolutely yeah all that sort of thing it's absolute yeah. godsend thank you so much for sharing that peter to, to, to wrap up peter um, is there anything else you wanted to share um, anywhere else we can find you online and we can see that you're on uh, uh, on twitter as peter g horner uh, anything anywhere else or anything else you'd like to mention before we end yeah so i'm also on youtube so yeah check out um if you search for peter g horner edtech uh it's a it's a channel i started during lockdown to support our teachers um stuff i shared up there as well on, on twitter just to you know, help everyone with kind of that transition to online learning 
Um, my video output has slowed a bit since then, but I, I do still have a few more planned, which I, I, I plan on uh, releasing soon. Um, there's some more advanced stuff there as well about um, some more uh, technical things you can do with your Chromebook, like turning on Linux apps, for instance, which mm -hmm. opens up lots of different uh, poss possibilities on Chromebooks if you want to get a bit more technical um, and use your Chromebook as a, as a full desktop replacement. But yeah, Twitter and and YouTube, and uh, you can find me occasionally on Instagram as well. Again, Peter G Horner on on there. Great stuff. Well, look, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Peter. Really appreciate it, and lovely to meet you, albeit virtually, for a, 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 a better conversation than we might have through a Twitter DM or a Twitter chat. So, <laughs> thanks so much for that. And thank you to you for joining us, for viewing this episode. If you want to find out more, please do visit youtube.com slash netsupport, where you'll find all of the previous episodes of Tip Top Tips Edu, Couches of Primary Importance podcast, and, of course, the Check It Out show and all things net support. Thanks so much for joining me again today, Peter. Really appreciate it and look forward to catching up with you very soon. Thanks. Uh, brilliant to talk to you, Mike. Bye. Cheers. Bye.